Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, ArmorAll, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every $20 you spend on ArmorAll products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at ArmorAll.com. ArmorAll, less work, more clean. Terms apply. It's my pleasure to welcome you to the Clark Howard Show, where our mission is to serve you and empower you so you make better financial decisions in your life. It's Friday. I know it's a happy day for me because I love the Clark Stink segment where I get to learn where I've missed the mark, where I haven't explained something well, or where maybe I'm just plain wrong. And so I appreciate you taking the time to post at Clark.com slash Clark Stinks. And later in this episode, a lot of companies year by year have been adding Roth 401ks and people are confused as could be about how to handle their retirement plan at work when that's added as an option. I've had several questions posted on our social media accounts and his questions to us about it, and I've got a better feel for what it is that is the part that's hard for you to uh, really understand when a company changes its 401k plan, and I'm going to answer that and, of course, answer your consumer questions. But without further ado, it's time for Clark Stinks. I should have never encouraged you to speak. You must think I'm pretty stupid. You should be ashamed of yourself. Well, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you're right, pal. Clark, you are continually shaming folks for receiving IRS refunds because they have too much withheld. Millions of folks get huge refunds because of the child tax credit and earned income credit. These credits are refundable and wipe out any tax owed. It's not unusual to see refunds over $10,000. So it might look like they're having too much withheld, and that is not the case. Two, you, sh- you must understand how difficult it is for people to save. Using the IRS refund as a tool gives the taxpayer an easy way to force save. I realize they're giving up the 0.05% interest they might receive and pay tax on it, but the refund as a savings tool does work, Bill. Bill, thank you. And that's why millions upon millions of people have used the forced savings of overwithholding to create a pile of money that they get when their tax return is filed. The, my advice on this became pretty strident because of all the tax ID fraud, where then people couldn't get the money they'd overwithheld for 10 to 14 months. So they, it backfired on them. But actually, Bill, what I love is I love for people to do, instead of extra withholding, to have a savings account 
that money is diverted into each pay period. The reason I like this more is not, I mean, interest rates are puny right now. So you're right. The, that doesn't really move the needle at all. But the idea of building a habit of having money and savings that they can even add more to over the course of a year rather than with the IRS. Now, your other point you raised about EITC, you know, that is completely accurate. The child credit made a difference for a lot of people this tax year in particular, and those points are well taken. A couple people wrote in about this one. Regarding your belief that putting your valuables in a large home fireproof safe is superior to a bank safe deposit box, a crook doesn't need to carry out your heavy home safe. All he needs to do is hold a gun to one of your loved one's heads and you will be frantically opening your safe and throwing your valuables at him. This actually happened to someone I know. It's just something I want you to consider, Daryl Darylin, thank you. And yes, I had not really thought about the aspect of an armed robber holding a gun to your head to get your uh, items that would normally be in a safe deposit box. And that was a failure to imagine on my part and a very valid point. Clark, as a longtime listener, I know you don't stink, but on the podcast when you were discussing abusive relationships, you jumped way too quickly to saying that, quote, real is- the real issue is that you need to deal with why it is that you're attracted to someone who's abusive. I'm not sure you're really meant to say this, and I could sense a little bit of regret on your part immediately after you did. You may already be aware of this, but sometimes the fact that someone's abusive doesn't make itself apparent until months, even years into the relationship. Abusers are notoriously good at gaslighting and making their victims feel hopeless and trapped. I think the real issue in this case is about how to give victims resources to safely get out of these relationships and give abusers resources to unlearn their extremely destructive behavior. I say this with much due respect. I hope you understand Andrew, and we also heard from a couple of women who had been um, victims of uh, domestic abuse. Well, first of all, the last thing I would ever want to be is insensitive to someone who is in a violent situation in a household. And I apologize for sounding flippant in any way, and um, I'm just really sorry. Um, I I do think that a suggestion we had from Andrew and others was about giving giving resources uh, yeah right. the, the national domestic violence hotline number is 800-799-7233 it's 800-799-7233 and they should be able to give local resources out and i know that all over the country there are people trying to help people who are trapped in these relationships Clark, you're stinking it up a little bit on who is responsible for delivered packages. When a package is shipped, $100 of the package insurance is automatically included with the shipping fee. From there, you can pay $0.25 per $100 to cover anything over $100. The same applies for businesses. When a package is lost or damaged or misdelivered by a shipping company, it is their responsibility to find or replace the damaged package through their insurance. So as soon as it's shipped, the responsibility of that package belongs to the shipping company. So when someone like your son lost his package, you should have called UPS and said the package did not arrive. They would investigate it, and if it was not found, they would file a claim. They would then pay the shipper who originally paid the shipping and insurance for the package. The shipper should then send you a new one. I hope this helps out. Dan, Dan, the delivery man. Dan, Dan, the delivery man. Thank you. So um, where I may have gotten lost in the weeds talking about that before is the company you're buying from 
is the customer of UPS, FedEx, the Postal Service, private delivery service, uh, re, you know, there are these regional delivery services, whoever, you are not their customer. You're the customer of the company you bought from. And the uh, carrier, UPS, FedEx, whoever, they want to deal with the company you bought from. And we've had situations where uh, the company you bought from has said, oh, well, you got to go deal with it. That's not right. The dealing with it is by them because they are the customer. You have to provide whatever documentation you can, something comes broken or something like that. In my son's case, the items were sent without any tracking and they were sent through the postal service and vanished in the night. The, the, uh, the seller promised that they would send Grant replacement items and those have failed to appear. So we don't know if they said the original item was delivered, but it never was. We just don't know. He's out money, and that's where we are. You recently complained about a Florida power company charging a monthly fee of $40 to persons primarily using their own solar. The only thing which allows people to use solar or wind is the backup provided by the public utilities, which the rest of us pay for. So if someone doesn't like the flat fee, they can disconnect and sit in the dark when the sun doesn't shine. $40 is cheap. Love your show, but this answer was way off the mark. Jay. Jay, Jay, Jay. Okay, I'm going to respectfully disagree with you because the beauty of the people in uh, Florida who have installed solar is it eliminates the last kilowatt hours that the power companies have to pay huge amounts for to generate on peak demand times. The people with solar and the businesses with solar actually lower the costs to Duke Energy and FPL uh, providing on those hot summer days, those what are called peaking days, they are actually subsidizing the power of other people by having solar on their roofs and reducing the amount of peaking power that the two big monopolies in Florida have to purchase. Yes, there is a cost to maintaining the grid. And that's why the system that Texas has adopted is vastly superior to what Florida uses in most other states. Texas has eliminated monopoly power companies. And now everybody's interests are aligned. If you look at monopoly power companies, their interests are diametrically opposed to you as a customer, whether you have solar or not. They live in a world where the more inefficient they are, the more markup they can charge because everything is based on a percent above costs. And so they all pad their costs as a way to boost the profits that they can make. In the Texas system, you have three elements. You have the producers of power, and they don't care what the producer is. They're just producing power. And then you have the grid that brings the power to people, and then the company you actually buy your power from as a consumer or a business. Texas had a disaster from an extreme winter event a winter ago, not this past winter, but the winter before. And it exposed some weaknesses in Texas' system for reliability. But in the overall scheme of things, power in Texas 
has been getting cheaper and cheaper and cheaper while in these monopoly-driven states like Florida, the monopoly power companies are able to manipulate the regulators, give big money to the legislators, and the system is stacked as a deck against the consumer and also businesses that buy that power. And we need more free market in the United States, not less. And FPL and Duke Energy in Florida only want less free market and more monopolistic control. As you can tell, I'm really, really strong on this. I may have blinders on, but I feel the real problem is monopoly. Clark, you've once again crossed the line from frugal to cheap. Your habitat work is commendable, but pinching pennies to give the hardworking volunteers a fast food lunch is disgusting and unhealthy. You can partially redeem yourself by telling me you gave the poor Domino's lady a big fat tip, Tom. I, well, Tom, I tipped in advance and I did give a generous tip because of the number of pizzas I got, 30 extra large pizzas for our habitat volunteers. And... They actually loved the pizza. They did not think it was disgusting. And so maybe me doing it because I was being cheap, because it was the cheapest way I could feed two housefuls of volunteers was to buy the Domino's pizza. But it was by far the most economical choice of things we looked at. Clark answered a question about whether a parent should title their young adult child's car in the parent's name or in the child's name or in both names in order to get the best auto insurance rate. There's another factor to consider that is potential liability in the event of an accident. In many states, if someone's in an accident, both the driver and owner of the car can be sued. It's not worth saving a few bucks on auto insurance only to subject yourself to huge liability in the event of an accident. Something to factor into the analysis, Kate. Kate, thank you for this. Now, uh, again, I'm not a lawyer, but in so many states, I don't even know how many, if a child is still a dependent of the parent, even if the vehicle is owned by the child exclusively, the parent providing more than 50% of the financial support for the child can be sued by the individual who feels they were harmed by that person's child in the accident. Only if the child is emancipated, meaning the child supplies more than 50% of his or her financial support, can the parent not necessarily be held liable. So this varies. Insurance liability laws vary state by state. And the point you bring up is a good one that I did not mention is that there would be circumstances in some states where there would be an advantage to a child owning the vehicle outright, but I'm not even sure how many states that applies in. And check your eyeglass prescription because you are short-sighted. Your summary of solar battery backup is way off. What you didn't tell Krista and your other listeners is that energy savings associated with $100,000 invested in solar battery backup is approximately 10% annually. This is almost as high as the return on the S&P 500 over any 10-year period. The return on the investment is what matters. The 10-year payback only matters if you sell your house before the end of the 10 years. P.S., I'm assuming Krista would not be financing solar since she can afford Starbucks every day, Mark in Florida. So I'll let you respond to Mark. 
Oh no, I'll just say I don't. I well, but, on the Starbucks. No, I don't have no, Starbucks no. But today. you, you when you and I have talked <laughs> about the solar, uh-huh. and we looked at the numbers, you were comfortable installing the solar. But then when you saw how much it added to the cost of the battery backup, that freaked you out. Yeah, it's a lot of money. We're still considering. We're still considering. Like there are so many different levels that you can do. So um, I'm a huge fan of solar with battery backup. Because the as the power companies, as we were talking earlier about Florida, as the power companies try to squeeze harder and harder, the battery capacity is going to get to a point where you'll be able to degrid and the power companies won't be able to have their hooks in you at all. And that is coming as the technology continually improves and the prices get cheaper. And Mark, I can't afford it because I get Starbucks every day. Although I've been bringing my coffee from home to save money. Is that what That's is what in this that is. Yes. pink cup? Mm-hmm. And do you drink Starbucks coffee at home? No, I don't. I make, I love Lavazzo coffee. I make Americanos. Yeah. I'm a I don't snob know what that is. I, I've never had coffee in my life. So I don't even know why I asked the question. So uh, straight ahead, I've referred to myself as the man from Roth. I loved the Roth IRA from the get-go, but almost no employers forever offered a Roth 401k. Now, overwhelmingly, they do, and that's caused a conundrum for people who are saving for retirement at work. I'm going to fill you in. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. We've had a number of questions from people asking for clarification when I talk about when your employer offers the option, adds the option of a Roth 401k, what do you do? And the way I've phrased it basically is unless you are a massive income earner, you will benefit over time doing the Roth 401k option with your employer instead of the traditional. Because with the traditional, you're creating a tax time bomb that also could cause other taxes in retirement, particularly later in retirement when you're forced to do what are called RMDs, required minimum distributions, that could cause you, if you've been a great saver over your working lifetime, cause you tax problems. Now, those are good tax problems because you save the money. But I 
love the Roth because tax rates are unusually low right now in the United States. And we've been running these big budget deficits. And at some point with an aging population, that good run of really low tax rates is probably going to exhaust itself and we're going to see higher tax rates down the road. So this is a time particularly favorable to doing a Roth 401k instead of a regular. Now, something that people have been confused about with a Roth IRA and you have a traditional IRA, there's a pretty simple process where you can move money from the traditional end of the Roth, pay tax on it, you're done. It's much more complicated with an employer-provided plan. So what I recommend is if you migrate future contributions into the Roth 401k, you leave the ones you've done prior that are traditional as they are. And even when you are no longer with that employer, maybe you move the money to an IRA, I'm still not all jazzed about you paying tax, moving the money into a Roth IRA. Um, If the market takes a big swoon, that's a good time to move money from traditional to Roth IRA. But in the case of a work plan, if your employer is like most and offers a match, your match is basically traditional money anyway. So you're still contributing to both, but there's actual real tax advantages, planning advantages to having a pre-tax pile of money and a post-tax pile of money. Because each year in retirement, based on what trigger points might generate additional tax that you would owe because you pushed yourself into a higher tax bracket, you're able with a mix of money that was pre-tax and a mix of money that was post-tax, you're able to pick from the pile that's most efficient for you. But if you're just starting out in a workplace and you're signing up for the 401k, usually you're going to be lower on the pay scale. Without doubt, you do the Roth option, all-in Roth option. And again, whatever employer match there is, that's coming to you in traditional. So you still have some amount of money in each. But as far as converting money in a plan, don't even think about that. Just think about what you're contributing. Contribute as much as you can. And the big bonus to you is this. Let's say you're contributing my 10% that I like you to do into the traditional 401k. And then this year you go into the Roth 401k and you're still contributing 10%. The effect of that is you're saving a huge amount more every month because you're now saving with after-tax dollars that have already been taxed and will never be taxed again instead of before-tax dollars. Because with a traditional 401k, every dollar you contribute, every dollar the employer contributes, and every dollar you earn over the decades all becomes subject to tax when you withdraw the money way down the road. Krista? This is from Sterling. Due to Tesla's huge price increases on their cars, I've lost the Tesla vision. Let's play what if. If Clark was the CEO for Tesla, what would his five-year plan look like? Also, if you ran GM or Toyota, same question. So you mentioned GM and Toyota. The interesting example that I've been studying is Ford. 
where Ford is dividing their operation into two, they're going to have a legacy gas engine vehicle operation and the electric vehicle operation. And the question is especially uh, relevant for Toyota. Toyota's culture has been so gas engine oriented and hybrid oriented that culturally they just couldn't get their arms around electric. And so Toyota now is playing catch up. GM, even without separating the two operations, is putting a good focus on both, even without splitting the two. Now, Tesla has had the market pretty much to itself for a long, long time. And it's tough to question Elon Musk because he's a difficult guy, uh, doesn't have the best people skills, says things he shouldn't say, but he is brilliant and he sees opportunities where others don't. So to question the decisions he's making, I don't know that I should do that, but you asked, so I'll tell you where my thinking has been. Number one mistake I think Tesla's made is putting the $25,000 Tesla on the back burner. I think the first mover advantage he has is not to be raising prices. I mean, they've had 14 price increases, I think, over the last year. And they can sell every vehicle they're making. So all they're thinking is, hey, we'll just make wider margins. But they're creating breathing space and room for other players in the marketplace to have people say, hey, that Tesla's too rich for my blood. I'm looking at these other things. Tesla's further along with battery development than anybody else. And if I were them, I would be looking into how you make the market even larger and be doing the things to get the $25,000 version. It's a compact car to get it in the marketplace in 23. As things stand now, doesn't look like they're going to do that till 25. And I think that gives too much advantage to the latecomers in the electric vehicle sweepstakes. And Megan says, I have a five-year-old Nissan Leaf. It's lost four out of 12 bars, and its range is no longer enough for me. I don't want to buy a new car, especially right now with the shortage and high prices. Does it make sense to replace the battery? And do I do that in a dealer? And can I get an upgrade from the previous range? So, Megan, the Nissan Leaf battery problems are long known, and I don't know if you have checked to see if there is if you qualify for the warranty coverage on the batteries, because four out of 12 bars is significant on a leaf and the warranty on the batteries is I thought eight years at Nissan. Um, I would definitely get to work on that. The math of you at your own cost replacing the batteries is untenable for the leaf. Because the Leaf as a vehicle has so little resale value because of all the new products that have come in the marketplace. So I'm not comfortable with you replacing the batteries because they are so, so expensive to replace versus the value of the vehicle. I think your real effort needs to be with Nissan because the Nissan batteries, everybody knows it. The Nissan batteries in the LEAF have not been reliable. The factory warranty on the batteries is only three years? 
You're kidding me. Oh, my goodness. Are you sure? I mean, that's Nissan's policy. I'll double check that the LEAF is specifically included in that. I, I would be shocked if the I've not heard of any electric vehicle seller who has had such a short warranty on the battery. Nope. Protection for your new Nissan LEAF includes 36-month, 36,000-mile basic coverage. The battery oh, the is battery. covered 96 months, 100,000 100, miles. Okay, so I don't know if your year, Megan, has the eight-year, 100,000-mile warranty. So I was right on the eight years. You were years. right. I was wrong. So, Sorry. It's okay. So I think your real uh, push needs to be with Nissan because they sold you a vehicle that everybody knows has defective batteries. And this is from Paul in the District of Columbia. I'm on a bi-weekly payment plan with my mortgage company. The first payment doesn't apply until they have both payments. If I manually made a payment every two weeks, would they apply when each payment is made, leading to less interest paid? And would that be worth the effort? So, Paul, let me tell you the deal. You were sold a bill of goods with the bi-weekly thing. What they're doing is... Over the course of a year, you're making 26 half payments, the equivalent of 13 monthly payments. And whichever company sold it to you, I don't doubt your bank did it directly. I think it's third-party company they got a kickback from. They collect the money over the year. They end up with the extra money over the year. They earn whatever they can earn in overnight interest on it, which is more than what you and I can earn on something. And then at the end of the year, they make one additional payment for you. And that's how this ends up shortening the length of your loan. You can have more impact on your loan discontinuing this plan and making your payments as follows. When you're making 13 payments instead of 12 effectively over the course of a year, what that means is that if you pay roughly... 7 or 8% more each month on your payment coupon in additional principal payment, you have more impact on the mortgage by having that money come in every month, one-twelfth of an additional payment every month, 8% every month, rather than having them make that one extra payment at the end of the year. That will shave more time off your loan and you're in control. And from Anna in Michigan, I know you're contacted so often by people who have been treated poorly. I wanted to let you know when a company came through and suggest a way for people to possibly get the help they need. We were traveling home to Michigan from our duty station in Alabama when our car broke down in the cold and dark of Indiana. We had a reservation with Spring Hill Suites down the road, but we're of course not going to make it, and it was after the time when we could have canceled for a refund. I tried calling Marriott's reservation number, but they gave me the brush off and didn't help. I then tried the actual hotel where we had the reservation and explained our situation to the manager. He said he would manually cancel the reservation and we would not be charged. This helpful manager was a bright ray of sunshine in a very difficult night. Well, Anna, first of all, let me go back to your first thing, duty station. It means you serve our nation in the military. And thank you so much for your service to our great nation. As to what happened, you did it exactly right. Exactly right. In fact, my brother just had a situation where his flight was canceled. My middle brother. 
and he called reservations and they gave him the same blow off you got and then he called the hotel directly which in his case was a holiday Inn brand property and that hotel said okay we get it your flight's canceled we're going to cancel your room even though you're outside cancellation it's not going to work every time but when you talk to hotel reservations at the general 800 number they're always going to follow company policy no matter what and they will not give you a refund contacting the individual property itself may or may not get you the refund you got or my brother got but it's the best shot you have and i hope that the vehicle is running right now and i want to thank you for listening to this episode also want to thank our volunteers and staffers who work at our team clark consumer action center answering your questions one-on-one free advice all you do is you call in monday through friday eastern time zones 10 a.m to 4 p.m and the number is 636-49-CLARK or you can learn more about the free advice we offer one-on-one at clark.com slash cac